Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Hello, this is Anthony. I'm here to interview my friend Matunga. Matunga actually was my former colleague in Resonate Global Mission. He has recently retired, but I'm grateful to have this time with him again and to share about his life and his ministry. He's still pastoring, even though he's retired from Resonate, and so we're looking forward to hearing from him about his pastoral ministry. Matunga, welcome. Please share with us uh, more about where you come from, more about your family, and the church that you pastor. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, uh, as you have heard, my name is uh, Mutunga Katola. I I serve with the Redeemed Gospel Church of uh, Kenya uh, in Machakos County. Um, I am married. I am married and we've been blessed with uh, four children, two boys and two girls. Yeah, so... The, the Lord God called me into the work of the ministry uh, back in the 80s. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I was serving under another pastor, of course, all the way from 1986, mm. uh, all the way up to the year 2000. And then uh, after those 14 years of working under uh, another pastor, a senior pastor of our denomination, I felt the the calling to open uh, the church, which I am now pastoring, which I did in the year 2000. And uh, to date, I'm still pastoring in that church. Mm -hmm. This is like now 20, 21, 22 years. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I mentioned that you were retired. Um, maybe you can tell us how old you are now. Right. <laughs> Yes, I'm now 61 years. 61. Yeah, um, uh, because uh, the retirement age that is compulsory in our country is 60. Mm. Yeah, and it is the age that I retired at uh, with the Resonate, of course, after working with the Resonate for eight years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed, I was pastoring even before, and uh, I continued to pastor even after retiring. So you are, you are kind of a part-time pastor? Up until your retirement? Yeah, uh, I, I've been a part-time pastor, but... Um, now you're full-time? That terminology, I, <laughs> I usually fight it off a little. I say that uh, once a pastor, always a pastor. Okay. Because um, being a full-time pastor is, 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 is understood to mean that uh, you are not doing anything else. You are only about church. But really, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you are not in church every day. You are also doing other things. And, and so pastoral work is there even when you are not at the place where you are pastoring because people will conduct you. You will be conducted by the people you have delegated duties to, and you have to continue to give guidance. Yeah, so I would say I have been pastoring and also working. Yeah. So uh, what about retirement for pastors in Kenya? What does that look like? Do so as a pastor, you're not mandated to retire at a certain age. Uh, it's not mandatory, but our denomination is um, 
wanting to pick an, on a particular age limit, which they are yet to put into the constitution of the church. And this is at age between 60, they are thinking about between 65 and 70 years. Okay. Yeah, for people to retire. But then even after that, you'd be able to still help out with the church. Correct, yes. You can uh, patronize a number of things in the church. You can undevise. You can be consulted. And still preach. And still preach if you are strong enough to do so. Okay, Mm. that's great. Um, You said a little bit about how you became a pastor, but maybe can you go into more detail about how you felt called to, Mm -hmm. to become a pastor? Yes, as I said, uh, I had ministered as a church deacon, a church elder, under another pastor for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, uh, we, we, we are in the village, um, somewhere in Machakos. Later on, uh, the, the church grew. The church grew, and um, this particular place where I am now pastoring, we had a few problems happening with the people who are coming from there because of the distance. Um, some of the children, when they are coming to uh, children's Sunday school, um, the, some of them were giving up on the way because of the distance. Okay. And so um, I, 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 I felt the need. I felt the need. And uh, when I approached my senior pastor, he said, yeah, because this place is a little too far. We have a fellowship that happens there on a weekday, I mean, on, 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 on every Wednesday. And these people need some support. And so it was like an answer, an answered prayer to him mm. because the, the, the distance was a little far and there was a problem. So he told me, look for a place mm. uh, to look for a house. We rented a shop. Yeah, that's where we began church. And then after two years, we were able to buy our own land. And uh, right now we have built a a magnificent church on that particular piece of land. So that's how, that's how it all started. It started out of a felt need mm. of, uh, of a group of people who are members of our mother church, and they were finding it hard because of the distance. In all these years that you've been a pastor, it's been a long time now for you, was there ever times that you doubted that calling or said, I need to give up and do something else? Ah, yes, Uh, ups and downs are there in ministry. And um, yeah, I remember there are occasions like once or twice when uh, things looked a little difficult. Um, Yes, one one time there was lots of fightings, you know, people fighting you and uh, some of the people are fighting you are believers. Uh, and, and because of that, it was feeling like, ah, well, did I really make the right decision to come mm. to do ministry here? And uh, so it, it required uh, God's grace and uh, His peace for me to be able to, uh, to get through that process. But yeah, I, I didn't get to the point of saying I better quit, but I, there were questions. Mm. Did I make the right decision? Did I come to the right place? Those questions were there. How did God help you through those times? Yes, I must say, first and foremost, prayer. And then next, my wife helped me a lot because she really encouraged me. And I remember even by the time we were going to open that uh, particular church, uh, uh, she was so much supportive. And so her support and her encouragement and the prayers helped me a lot. Mm. And that that leads me to my next question here. 
about how your wife has involved been involved in ministry with you over these years. How what has her role been? Okay. Yeah, we we were both leaders in our in our other church where we came from before we went where we are. Uh, I didn't say that our church is uh, redeemed because for church Kikondeni. Kikondeni is now the local name of the place. Okay. And uh, she was women's leader. She belonged to the committee of the women's leader in our mother church. And so when we went down to Kikondeni, she was very, very supportive. Um, yeah, she could uh, assist me in doing teachings and occasionally preaching. And uh, later on, she had also to be ordained to become a pastor. Mm. And that happened in the year 2018. Yeah, it's about four or five years ago. She was ordained into the ministry of a pastor. Yeah, and she has been very, very supportive. Mm. Mm. Right now when we are here and I'm not uh, at church, actually last Sunday and coming Sunday, she's taking care of that. Okay. Mm. For those listening, we're at a, a retreat together yeah. uh, with our Resonate team. So um, l- let me come back to the present. We talked about some of those challenges in the past. Um, this is just a question for curiosity. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite book of the Bible? Oh. <laughs> and why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, preachers have many books they like, uh, yes, but... Uh, I think my my favorite book in the Bible is the Gospel of John. Mm. Yeah, the Gospel of John uh, talks a lot about love. And love is the beginning point of uh, God's salvation for humankind. Mm. Uh, and so I, I love that book because of that and also the, the, the great teachings the Lord uh, spoke on love and how we should exercise love of one another and love of God. Yeah, that, that's the reason I love that particular book. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we've, we've talked about how you retired from Resonate, um, but you're, of course, still working with the church. Um, I, you, you, I wanted to ask this question about the financial support for your, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get some financial support from the church, or have you always had to do other work uh, besides being a pastor in order to support your family? And even now, as you're retired, are you doing some other work besides pastoring? Yes, um, I, I do I do other things uh, so that I can uh, get support for the family. Uh, the reason being um, our church does not uh, pay pastors' salaries per se. Okay. Um, it is left to the local assembly and the leadership to decide what kind of support they can give to their pastor. And that is why it's been that uh, all the years of my pastoring, I was pastoring and also working. And because I didn't want to be a burden to a church that is so young, that has so many needs. And so I found this work I am doing and getting money, getting paid was a big support to the mm. church itself. Now that I'm retired, uh, that, that that level of income is not there. And so we continue to do small things with my wife. We do farming, mm-hmm. yeah. We keep chicken for, for sale. Uh, we are now doing some pig farming also. We mm-hmm. began sometimes in June last year. 
Yeah, and, and and little farm work. We make sure that we have sufficient food for our for our for our family in terms of cereals and um, occasionally vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because of those farming activities, we we don't buy food a lot. Mm-hmm. And we are not a big burden to the church. Of course, the church gives some allowance. They call it the transport allowance. It, okay. is, it is in March, but at least it also helps in terms of uh, transport here and there, calling and such like. But in terms of supporting the family, it uh, it is what we do with my wife, which helps us to earn some living to, to get supported. Uh, maybe just to help the listeners understand, uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask more about your church and how they how they give. Um, how how many members of your church? Let me ask that first. Yeah, our membership is around uh, between seventy five and eighty people, but attendance is around fifty fifty five. Okay. Yeah, because there are those who are working far, others don't come. Yeah, so. If attendance 50, 50, 55, but uh, actual members, they are close to 80. So if um, when they give, it's not going to pastor salary, Where what what does the church do with the money that's given for tithes and offerings? Okay, now the giving that is, that is done in the church uh, in our setting is uh, supposed to do... Uh, church support like um, uh, if we have bills to pay they have to be paid from there if we have seminars and uh, conferences and the meetings in the church food has to be bought with that mm-hmm. money uh, of course uh, transport uh, that transport which they give to the pastor uh, and then uh, construction construction mm-hmm. and maintenance of buildings is actually from the tithes and offerings. Mm-hmm. So ideally you realize that uh, uh, in our setting, we've not structured things very nicely in order to make sure that the pastor is supported, but it's something that we need to grow in, something that we need to put attention to and see if we can uh, structure up something so that pastors are well supported. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing about that. I appreciate uh, hearing more about how how your church giving works. Mm-hmm. Let me move on to a different kind of question. I want to look now at uh, how you've seen God at work. Um, I want to see. Uh, I'd like to hear more about how you've seen God use you as a pastor, and then how have you seen God use your Christians, your your congregation in the community. Okay. How have you seen God at work? Yeah, I must say I've seen God at work um, with me um, in, in the community and in the church because uh, through the ministry that uh, I have been doing uh, together with my wife, uh, we can see people who have changed, people who have been transformed in their lives uh, after we showed them and told them about the love of Christ. And uh, after teaching also the believers in that church, as I said, when we began, sometimes it became a bit tough uh, because there were attacks here and there. And again, the church members are so poor. So we started teaching them on how to work with their hands to be able to gain something to 
to, mm-hmm. to, to support themselves. And that helped a lot because majority now of the church members are serious workers. They may be doing small things, mm. but at least they are able to, to, to have themselves supported. And that has been, uh, uh, to me, a big plus in terms of what we are doing there. For the members in the community, um, we have had um, uh, occasionally um, some some projects that are happening within the community and we encourage the members to join in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if, if a member is believed, uh, a member of the community is believed, we ask our members to, to show up, do prayers and assist, like mm-hmm. in cooking for the visitors and any duties that may be given during the funeral service. So in such occasions, we, 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 we help. We have also been doing hospital visits, mm-hmm. um, both for, mainly for our members and occasionally for some uh, members of the community. Uh, and and that, has also, that has also helped a lot. We encourage work to our youth. And so like when schools close, we tell them, make sure you work in your farms and uh, uh, unite with other youth who may not be in our church and also help to work in the community. So those are some of the things we, we do that have been able to touch the community. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm. Very grateful to hear that. Um, when you were talking about that, it made me think back to the beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to ask, how did you go about planting that church? What was your your strategy? Um, was, that a, a, was that a community that you were familiar with already when you went there to... You plant a church? Yeah, not very far from home. Uh, I think a good number of the elderly people knew me because they knew my father. Even if they didn't know me as an individual, they knew my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is uh, in the same what we call location. And so it, it is not very far from home. Uh, so it was not hard to... Uh, to penetrate in terms of starting to minister to them. I didn't need to introduce myself so much to them. Uh, The main strategy that we used was uh, uh, conducting home visits with uh, the members, the the family members of uh, members of the church. You may find you are a member of the church and you have family members who don't attend church. Mm -hmm. So we intentionally go and talk to them, visit them in their homes. Uh, we also were conducting what we call uh, crusades, mm. yeah, gospel crusades uh, within the community. I remember right at the start of the church, we did uh, what we were calling uh, uh, Seven Days uh, Jesus Campaign uh, in the community. And uh, since we are in a stretch of, um, uh, well, there's a road passing through the, the place and it's, it's a narrow a uh, narrow kind of a uh, place because there's a stream here and a stream here. We started right from the end and we put like about every other day we were in a different point mm. preaching and people were coming and that helped to introduce the church to the community. So we used uh, crusade uh, campaigns and we used home visits and that helped to uh, to start to have people come to the church. Back then when you started it, mm-hmm. um, were there a lot of Christians in that area, or were there were they of other religions, or they just didn't have any kind of religion? Yes, there are, there are people who are going to other churches. Yeah, there are 
those which we call uh, in our in our language, if I would say native churches, because they are the ones that were left by by the missionaries when they came. Yeah, so th those churches had people, but we still had a big lot of people who were not attending church at all. Okay. Yeah, and uh, our target was mainly those who are not attending church. Mm -hmm. Although eventually we realized there are people who still left those other churches and joined our Pentecostal church, uh, which we still welcomed. Uh, but our attention was mainly to that community that was not attending church. And, but, and those people, mm -hmm. were they practicing traditional religion or just not much of anything? What was their religion like? The, the ones who were in church? The ones who were not attending. Oh, the ones who were not attending church. Yeah, they, the, the, that group would just live a life that is not as careful because they, they would do anything. They would drink, they would, they would do traditional things, they would go to witch doctors and, and things like those. So, Or maybe they had some kind of basic understanding of the Christian faith because of former mission efforts in the past? Yes, and again, because of the fact that you may find in a whole family there is one person who at least attends church. Okay. And so they want to identify with church when there is need for that because one of their members belongs to, mm. to a particular church. Okay. Mm, that happens. That's great. Thank you for that history about church planting. That's an area where uh, I think my own denomination needs to keep putting more passion and, and learning Mm -hmm. So we can plant more churches in North America. Mm -hmm. um, let me switch to a, a different topic. I want to look at your many years of experience. And uh, as you reflect on the African church today, or even if you want to narrow down to the, the church in Kenya, mm -hmm. um, what are some of the big challenges that are facing African churches today or Kenyan churches today that you're, you know, you're, you're seeing the broad movements in history um, over the last, you know, 30 years or 40 mm -hmm. years. So what, what kinds of challenges do you see coming for the church now? Okay, there, there, there are a number of them, but uh, the major ones, I, I think I'll quote like two or three. One is... Um, the 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 ministers uh, in the church um, not many um, are trained mm -hmm. not many are trained in terms of uh, ministering because and I should say mainly in the Pentecostal church other than from the last 10 years coming this way that is when you realize quite a few of them are beginning to go to Bible schools and such like but uh, majorly, not many are trained, just a small percentage. So training is, is one. Uh, the other challenge that is there is uh, a misrepresentation of the gospel. Yeah, what I mean by this is uh, there are people who, because they want to, to, reach their, <coughs> sorry, to reach their own goals and to fulfill their own desires, they present the gospel in a particular way, which is not biblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, some will some will want to to do things that will raise money, like sell oil, sell handkerchiefs, oh, okay. mm -hmm. and such like things. They are happening. That, that's a big big challenge because um, the unemployed 
people who they, they uh, and if they are believers they will think this is a way of making income making money and they join church just to go and uh, or you can even see breakaways people leaving your church and going to begin little small fellowships just so that they may be called pastors and start to to have money mm-hmm. so uh missing presentation of the gospel because of uh, wanting to satisfy one's own desires uh, that, that's another that's another big challenge uh yeah so i think th- those are the major major challenges there there may be others but those are main mm-hmm. lack of training and the misrepresentation of the gospel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you you yourself I, d- i forgot to ask you in the beginning uh, what kinds of <coughs> training did you get to become a pastor or maybe after you became a pastor what what other kinds of trainings were you able to receive okay yeah before i became a pastor and when i was still a church elder a leader i i attended bible school and mm-hmm. uh, i was able to graduate with diploma in biblical studies mm-hmm. yeah i was um, i was i was schooling with Gary Weston Worldwide Ministries from USA Okay. There was an extension in Nairobi which gave us training for two years, and I I got a diploma. Uh, that was before I, I I I became a pastor, and soon after I became a pastor, I again joined uh, another school, a theological school, uh, called International Faith Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I I took a, a bachelor's in theology. Yeah, so. Um, at least i have got some formal training besides uh, other small courses here and there including mm-hmm. timothy leadership training and, mm-hmm. and others ili international leadership institute we've also gone through that and a number of small small trainings uh, at least i must appreciate that god has helped me to to gain some knowledge and uh, skills in terms of doing the work of the ministry so yeah so you mentioned that of course not everyone has had those opportunities yet mm-hmm. um, and that's a big challenge mm. um, in your retirement are you still finding some time to pass on what you have learned to other pastors doing some leadership training or theological teaching um, anything like that to other leaders yes um, right now in our in our local place i am glad that uh, some some biblical schools have started some satellite trainings mm. uh of course i'm not teamed up with any of them to do to 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 train for them because they also have their own trainers whom they come with but uh, i have been doing team of the leadership training mm-hmm. um locally with the pastors and uh, with the church leaders and i've seen this help a lot because the few places that we have conducted the trainings you find church church work is done in in a more mature way in a more responsible way uh, meaning that they have they have gotten something out of these training so team of the leadership training i must say is the main thing that i am i, I am doing other than speaking in seminars mm-hmm. uh, for for church leaders and pastors uh, occasionally i get invitations to speak in such within our churches in our in our area can you be more specific on some of the changes that you've seen uh, from tlt timothy leadership training um, some of the maybe a couple of good stories of of transformation 
um, of of pastors or churches? Yes, uh, I have seen a number of changes arising from the benefits of TMOTE leadership training. Uh, one is, uh, uh, I can say, all our churches, all our redeemed gospel churches, are now keeping records of their finances. Oh, that's that a very was, practical that, change. That was not happening before. Yeah. Uh, but you, you go to almost every church uh, you, where, where they have taken that training and you realize people are doing it in a nice, nice way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I have seen uh, help my church and other churches is the, the question of doing visits, uh, visiting in Christ's name. Uh, that is from module one of Timothy Leadership mm-hmm. Training, Caring for God's People. Uh, People are doing visits in very nice way because it is not like before when a church member would fall sick and doesn't see anyone visiting. Church member has a, has a tragedy somewhere and doesn't see people coming. So people have have have, have started to practice what they have learned, mm. and and this is helping a lot in terms of bringing the body of Christ together and helping the management of the church affairs. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's great. Now, I, I asked you about the challenges facing African churches today. Now, let's kind of flip that and let's look at what are the strengths that you see of African churches, or you can say of, of churches in Kenya. What are, you, what are some of the strengths that you're, that you're seeing that, that, that maybe people around the world could learn from those churches in Kenya? Yeah, some of the strengths are like uh, the willingness of uh, church leaders to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although earlier I said someone doing it for personal gain and all that, at least you find there is a group that is willing to come out. And if if they are properly shown the way and they're trained and they're instructed, then uh, we have uh, a good number of people willing to do ministry. Mm-hmm. The willingness in uh, church leaders to do ministry in Kenya is, is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people are encouraged. You don't have to coerce them. You don't have mm-hmm. to, yeah, people are willing. And, and you will also see it when uh, like you organize for uh, a, a, a campaign like a crusade. You'll see people volunteering to go and give flyers, people volunteering and attending the crusades. Yeah, so that that, that, that has helped. Uh, the, the other thing is, um, particularly in the Pentecostal church, the, the, the this charismatic thing, I think, sort of tends to encourage people. And I say that because uh, the very... Uh, all the churches, you you find that that willingness and that volunteership is not is not there, but within the Pentecostal fraternity, there when people get born again and uh, uh, they, they they catch the fire of uh, the gospel, you, you realize they are very willing to come out and do whatever ministry they are they are asked to do. Mm-hmm. For example, in the church, it is not hard to find people who are willing to to serve. Yeah. So that's a strength which I, I appreciate. Okay. Mm. Well, Matunga, I think we're about ready to close this one, but I want to ask a couple important questions here at the end. Um, and you can answer them in any order. 
that you want. But I want to know <clears throat> what the listeners can pray for you or your family or your church about. What can they pray for you about? So that's one question. And then um, the other question is just if you have any kind of uh, encouragement or challenge or some other word that's on your mind that you would like to share with the listeners, uh, whether those be the listeners in North America or listeners in Africa, um, if there's any kind of extra word that you want to share in conclusion. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll end with those two questions and you can, you can go in whatever order. Okay, thank you. Yeah, in terms of uh, prayer, yeah, I would request that um, um, my listeners pray for me for as a family now, uh, for my family. Yeah, because um, uh, at this time and age, we have a, a serious challenge in uh, upbringing our children. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we try to instruct them in the ways of the Lord, but when they grow beyond teenage, they start to become responsible by themselves and occasionally you find they, they really need prayers. So mm. uh, that is one area I feel I need prayers for my family. Uh, I am glad that uh, all of them have confessed being born again, but occasionally you will also find a few here drifting mm -hmm. yeah, because of the peer pressure and that kind of thing. Um, we, we, we need to set a good example as um, ministers of the gospel and so there's need that we pray for children of church ministers mm -hmm. yeah, so that they, they, they tread well, so that they portray the right, the right testimony. Uh, the other prayer need is um, many times in the community you will find uh, the pastor is looked at from many angles. Mm. They expect you to be very excellent. They expect you to be very able. They expect your children to be also well up. Uh, but they forget that uh, we are human beings like them. Mm. Yeah. And they, they want to demand a little more than uh, we are able to deliver. Mm. Uh, even in terms of um, conduct of the children, when they see one erroring or doing wrong, they will say, ah, why, why is it so for, for a child of a pastor? They, they forget it is also a child like, mm -hmm. like any other. So we need prayer in that so that uh, people will not see us as too high people, angelic, and it's like we have everything. For example, when you have jobless people in your house, my, my, my two sons are not having a job now. Uh, yeah, the people will think, oh, but it's like his God is not, he's not hearing his prayers. So we need, I need prayers for, for my two sons to, to, to find jobs. They graduated two years ago and just after graduating, COVID struck. That was uh, November 2019. And after graduating two or three months, uh, COVID was there. And so things have slowed down. Mm -hmm. Both of them have degrees, but um, they are yet to find a job. That's an area I need uh, prayers. And um, for the church, uh, the prayers that I may ask for um, because of um, our, our members, uh, we, need, uh, we need members to be more strong. This is a community church and where people are just from the same, same place. So when one has a problem, it can be a glaring issue to the church because they come from that community, they are there forever. And so we pray that uh, God will help our members to, to be treading well in the way 
so that we don't have uh, lots of uh, issues here, questions here about people not working right. Mm. Uh, we also have some projects in the church which we are doing, needing finances. We pray that God will help us to accomplish them. Uh, now, in terms of um, uh, asking my fellow ministers and also church leaders elsewhere, my plea is uh, let's let's preach the gospel and the gospel alone. Uh, let me handle my problems as my problems. Uh, and I'm saying that because uh, uh, sometimes church ministers tend to mix their problems with the church. Mm. If I have financial problems, uh, let me see how to handle them. Let me not uh, try to have the church fix my financial issues. It may not work sometimes. And that's why many people are going into a misrepresentation of the gospel, starting to do funny things like selling oil, selling handkerchiefs and all that. Uh, that, that is not what Christ intended. And so uh, my plea is let us preach the gospel of Christ the way it is. Mm. And let's leave the results to God. And if we have problems, let us remember we are human beings. We can suffer. I can be without a car. I can be without many things. But I'm still a minister of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It is not things that will qualify me to, mm -hmm. uh, to be a pastor. And so let's, let's just do the work of the Lord and let's leave the rest to God. He knows why we don't have what we, we don't have. And he knows why some have what they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my plea is let's preach the unalterated gospel, a clean gospel, so that uh, we will not face judgment, as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Amen. Matunga, this has been a pleasure yes. to learn from you and, and your experience as a pastor. Thank you. I hope it's also been enjoyable for you. I know that the, the listeners will be praying for you. Sure. I will surely pray for you as well. Mm. So thank you so much for this time. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for the time and for giving me time to, to share my ministry story. Yeah, and thank you, my listeners, also for listening to my story. Thank you. God bless you.